0: Welcome back to Investigate Joe Rogan, the podcast where I fact check and investigate things that have been said on the Joe Rogan experience. Today I will be looking at episode 1880 with Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard is in the news right now because she has left the Democratic Party, probably because she is a Republican, and she is now transitioning into becoming a podcaster. She came on JRE to announce this new career move and to tell everyone that society is going to collapse very soon. But before they really get into talking about how everyone is going to die, Rogan says that a school had to put a litter box in the bathroom for a furry. As a lot of you probably already know, this is not a real thing that happened. What's funny, though, is that so many people think this is real, that a bunch of different schools have had to make official announcements saying that they did not put a litter box in for any furries. This is actually a pretty old internet meme that goes all the way back to the 2000s. If I was the principal of a school, what I would do is I would have a rocket on the school grounds, and then the furry students would go in the rocket, and then the rocket would be shot into the sun. I think that's probably the best solution for furries, bronies, and other such groups. In the second half of the podcast, things get a little bit more serious. They mostly talk about Ukraine. Tulsi says that the war could cause a global famine, and there will be food shortages everywhere, you will die, no sandwiches, etc. Tulsi is not the only person who thinks this. If you go to your local conspiracy theorist today, they will probably tell you that there is a massive global famine coming up very soon. Probably, you know, in two more weeks, this will happen and you will die. This is based on a misunderstanding of how much wheat Ukraine and Russia actually produce. The bread that you get in the bread aisle does not come from Ukraine. It comes from America. America produces a massive amount of food, and it would be logistically absurd to import bread from Ukraine for you to make sandwiches with. This goes for all countries. While wheat does get exported and traded, the vast majority of wheat is eaten in the country it's grown in. The reason people think bread comes from Ukraine now is because of headlines that say things like 25% of all traded wheat is in Ukraine and Russia. These headlines are true, but that's just traded wheat. Most wheat isn't traded at all. Ukrainian and Russian wheat is less than 1% of all the world's consumed wheat. According to the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization, this year's forecast for cereal production is 2.7 million tons which is actually slightly higher than the 2018 to 2020 average. Meat and milk production has also actually increased recently as well. Now, if you want to continue believing that a global famine is imminent, you can just say uh, the UN is run by the Antichrist, this is all fake, and you can ignore me. You are totally free to do that if you want to, and I know some of you will, in fact, do that. That is fine. Now, before I go into what Tulsi has to say about Ukraine, I think it's a good idea to talk about her origin story a little bit. I think it provides some important context for who she actually is. Unbeknownst to most people, Tulsi is a member of the Science of Identity Foundation, which is a Hare Krishna spin off created in the 70s by a white hippie guy named Chris Butler. In interviews, she has referred to him as her guru and spiritual leader. When she was a kid, she went to a special Science of Identity Foundation boarding school in the Philippines. She is still very much involved with this group. When she ran for president, basically her entire campaign staff were members of the Science of Identity Foundation. Who else contributed to this campaign that is the reason we all have to hear about this person in 2022? Well, her biggest donor was Sharon Tennyson, who is the creator of the Center for Citizen Initiatives. The name is comically vague, but it is just a group that spreads pro-Russian propaganda in the U.S. Sharon Tennyson has been detained before on suspicion of being a Russian agent and is basically a professional Putin shill. In 2020, she said, Putin continues efforts to create venues to bring peoples and countries together. I mean, I guess bringing countries together is one way to describe what he's doing. Hitler brought a lot of countries together in a certain sense. Not exactly in the same way that, say, the Olympics brings countries together, but you get what I'm saying. After Putin invaded Ukraine, uh, Tennyson just said, I am deeply concerned about a NATO country being on Russia's borders in Ukraine. As for Putin's current dilemma, I'm sorry he felt he had to intervene in Ukraine. That was her official response. She's either the most obvious Russian psyop ever or just a complete vatnik. It's widely known that Russia has a ton of spies in the U.S. and attempts to secretly influence America like they did in the 2016 election. It's just a little suspicious that the most outspokenly pro-Putin politician, Tulsi Gavard, is funded by an organization that blames NATO for everything and was supposedly just started by a random American woman who happens to love Putin. I mean, if you think this is a totally organic thing that just sort of happened on its own, I really don't know what to tell you. Your PSYOP radar may not be functioning properly. Tulsi says that the Ukraine invasion is America and NATO's fault. At no point does she ever even imply that Putin might somehow be in the wrong here. She didn't even do the usual thing people do, which is where they say, whoa, hey, I don't like this Putin guy. <laughs> they're, all, they're all Italian, by the way. Whoa, whoa. Now, I'm not saying war is good, but I mean, NATO is at fault too. That's what people usually say. She doesn't even say that. She just directly says, this is NATO's fault. What she doesn't do is ever explain how exactly this is NATO's fault. Her and Rogan both talk in this episode about how long-form content like podcasting is great. Because you can actually explain your positions and you don't get cut off. But it doesn't matter if you talk for two hours if you never actually explain what your argument even is. A lot of people fetishize really long videos now, but in reality, most of them have very little to say. The actual information conveyed in this interview could be condensed into about five minutes. Anyway, in support of this idea that NATO is really to blame, Rogan brings up an interview on the Colbert Report with a guy named Gideon Rose, who was a magazine editor for a think tank. First of all, maybe I'm just too young to get it, but I do not understand what the appeal of the Colbert Report was. Maybe this is one of those things where you kind of have to be a boomer to get it. I really don't know. It clearly comes from a bygone era of politics to me, kind of like how candidates used to campaign across the country on trains, you know, that sort of ancient thing. So this guy Gideon Rose basically says that Ukraine wanted to join NATO, and some people in NATO wanted them to join too, but then Russia bribed them out of it by giving them $15 billion, and they ended up never joining. Rogan and Tulsi both act like this is some sort of huge revelation that they've dug up here. They both react to this video just like, whoa, I can't believe NATO would say this. Can't believe they revealed their secrets on the Colbert Report. Whoa, where'd you find this? This is all public information that everyone has known about forever, and their reactions are weird and inexplicable. According to Putin himself, Part of why he invaded Ukraine was to prevent Russian genocide and denazify the country. Most of you probably already know this, but he said that he needed to free Ukraine from their secret Nazi overlords. This is part of the official reasoning for why they invaded and is never brought up in this episode. I'm forced to conclude that Tulsi must actually believe this incredibly transparent lie, since she thinks Putin is in the right and never brings this up. Before they invaded, Russia said they wanted all NATO troops out of Eastern Europe and they wanted to get veto power over whether or not Ukraine would ever join NATO. This would mean that they would be making decisions for Ukraine, essentially invading their sovereignty without actually physically invading. Remember, according to Tulsi, NATO is the bad guy here, and Ukraine should have just gone along with all of this. Russia also explicitly said that they would not invade Ukraine many times. In 1999, Russia signed the Charter for European Security, which says that all these countries have the right to freely choose their own alliances and security treaties. This year, after stationing a ton of troops on the border, they did a 180 on this and demanded that Ukraine be banned from NATO forever. The timing was suspicious, obviously. They did this knowing that NATO would say no and that then they could invade, which is what they wanted to do in the first place. Oddly enough, Tulsi says that Russia would never attack a NATO country and that they will never invade another country after this war is over. According to her, Ukraine will be the last country Russia goes to war with. So if we just give them this one, the problem will stop. She never mentions the fact that Russia said they would not invade in the first place. According to Tulsi, it is now up to America to end the war in Ukraine by negotiating a peace treaty where both sides give something up. Biden will have to do this now. Well, what exactly will Russia have to give up in these negotiations? They don't get all of the land that they stole. They only get to keep some of it. This would be extremely unpopular in Ukraine, the country that's actually being invaded, where polls show that the vast majority of people do not want to concede any land to Russia at all. But according to Tulsi, they should just give up now, give Putin what he wants, and just move on. It's not like Russia said, okay, NATO, don't do this or we'll invade. Oh, okay, you did it, now we're invading. They said, we're not going to invade, and then they invaded anyway. But I guess, according to Tulsi Gabbard, we should just force Ukraine to give them some territory, write up a new thing, and then just go back to trusting that Putin won't do anything again, and that he won't lie again. I hate to point out the obvious, but this is the exact opposite of how World War II started. World War II started with people making concessions to the dictator, not with people resisting the dictator. I'm sure everyone has already realized this, but I'm pretty sure that if Tulsi Goward was alive during World War II, she would have been having in-person meetings with Hitler and saying things like, well, hey. Well, you know, the Treaty of Versailles is very unfair. It was very, very harsh. It put a lot of economic pressure on Germany. Hitler's grievances Basically justified. And the Jews, I mean, hey, can't we all agree that the Jews can be kind of annoying sometimes? These Hawaiian Jews, I mean, let me tell you, that's probably what she would be saying. Then she would go on the Ye Olden JRE, which would be a radio program because this would be the 1930s, and he would agree with her and he would say, hey, you know, I don't know about this Hitler guy. But I mean, FDR is kind of a liberal, I mean, kind of like a woke libtard. Probably, I mean, he's promoting being unhealthy, too. The guy can't even do one push-up. FDR should be doing HGH and tests to get, let's get this guy walking again. This is pathetic. What's this guy's deal? Anyway, she says that this will lead to World War III and a nuclear holocaust. She doesn't say that it might. She says that it will. Unless we concede to Russia now, there will be a nuclear holocaust, and the world will end, according to Tulsi Gabbard. That's what she says in this episode. She also says that this is really just another regime change war, like Afghanistan, where the U.S. is trying to take over Russia. I can't, I'm not, you can't make this stuff up. This is what she really says. Tulsi fundamentally does not understand, like, nukes or game theory or whatever. Her reasoning is just Putin has nukes, so we have to do what he says. Well, the great thing is that we also have nukes, so no, we don't have to do what he says at all. That's, I mean, that's the Cold War. There it is. When Rogan asks if she's going to run for president again, she says she won't because it might be too late by then. As in, society might have already collapsed because of the nuclear strikes, by 2024. This is either a huge cope, because she knows there's really no way she could win in 2024, or a sign of extreme paranoia and delusion. Maybe both. Maybe something happened when Hawaii had that like fake nuclear scare. I think she might have like PTSD from that or something. The last time she was on JRE, in episode 1391, I believe it was, She was talking about North Korea and nukes. Well, you don't hear too much about that anymore. That has been forgotten. When this is all over, she'll probably move on to some other nuclear country. She'll come on JRE and talk about how China has nukes or something. Or she won't need to go on JRE because now she has her own podcast. Tulsi Gabbard has a bizarre ideology that's basically left over from the Cold War, but she's not like some sort of Neo-McCarthyite. She's literally more like a neo-Soviet who thinks NATO is to blame and Russia needs to expand. This sounds crazy, but listen to the episode. That's literally what she's saying. I can only assume that her new podcast, The Tulsi Gabbard Show, will be some sort of apocalyptic preaching thing where she talks about nukes for hours with people like Lex Friedman and the Weinstein brothers. Her career is really heading in a weird direction here. The most I can say for Tulsi is that at least she is interesting. Most members of Congress, or former members of Congress, I should say, are very boring. You look on their Wikipedia page, it's about 500 words long, and it just says, yeah, this is uh, Robert Bingus from Iowa. He went to Yale in 1989, and he loves Donald Trump. Tulsi has some real personality to her. She's very original. She has a cool backstory, and you know maybe she's kind of an occult. I hope that Tulsi Gabbard show becomes the new Infowars. Now that Alex Jones has been sued into oblivion, I also hope that Hawaii is kicked out of the union. I'm sorry, but it is time. I do not want to deal with Hawaiians anymore. If this is what they're going to be like, sorry if that offends you but they have to go now. They will be fine without us. There's plenty of stuff to do there. I don't think Tulsi Gabbard is actually a Russian agent, as some people have implied. I think it's much more likely that she's just sort of a useful idiot, like Abby Martin, and like Joe Rogan now, I guess. And that other guy who's on recently, whose name I don't remember because it was too boring. Tulsi Gabbard supporters. I know you're listening to this. I know you're out there. I have gotten many emails and comments from you in the past, years ago. I told you, I told you people she wasn't going to win in 2020, and you sent me all those charts and infographics. Well, how did that turn out? (laughs) It's time to get with the program. NATO is going to win, like usual. This is because NATO is made of the richest and coolest countries in the world. And Russia is a frozen AA meeting. Tulsi Gabbard is not going to hold public office again. Putin will eventually be replaced, and Russia will come up with some new, even weirder, and more ad hoc form of government. It's time to stop fetishizing Russia. They made some great books in the 19th century, they made some great movies in the 70s. Some of the best movies ever, really. But that's over now. We're done with that. Join the military now. Recruitment numbers are down. You need to join. What do you really have going on that's better? Think about Israel. I mean, what's going to happen to Israel during all this? You need to save them. You also need to subscribe to the Patreon, which has a dozen bonus episodes now. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next week. Goodbye.